Welcome into this Monday edition of the flagship. I'm your host, Zach Barry. Joining me, Mr. Ben Garrett. Ben, good afternoon. It has been uh, what seems like several weeks since we've done one of these. How are we doing? Good. It has been, but that's not because we don't like each other. It's not because we don't like doing these together. It's because you do four podcasts a week with many different people. I try to stay out of your way. You know, I don't want to invade your podcasting space too much and i just do my flagship every once in a while whenever i can usually twice a week but now i thought was the perfect week it's only appropriate with old miss playing hugh freeze again just a normal week i think there is nothing different about this one i think this has already played out the storyline okay storyline yeah one side it's 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 nothing on another side and I'm talking Auburn side. I mean, not only literally and figuratively now, like this is an absolute must win because they're on the brink or <laughs> I mean, they're on the cliff on the edge of the cliff right now of this season, just going off the rails. They have to win this game. I, I think Kiffin, I think obviously he wants to win because he's a competitor and there's probably a little something extra because of what happened last last year with the job and everything, but I I don't, he hasn't, it's only Monday, so (laughs) he's got time, but you know, he hasn't done any kind of cute stuff on Twitter, um, which that could be just the blowback he got after Alabama. He could just be, you know, got the blinders on the rest of the way, but yeah, I mean, I I, I don't think Kiffin is going to treat this any different. I, I think they're in straight business mode now because things are, you know, very real still for Ole Miss and the SEC West. Now they're going to have to get some help, but it's still on the table to get to an access bowl and finish strong. And you know, after what happened last year, that's what he's his main concern is, is finishing strong. Well, I'm looking at bowl projections. And I think the mo- the majority of bowl projections have Ole Miss in the Citrus Bowl, which makes sense. That's on New Year's Day or maybe it's New Year's Eve. I can't remember exactly. So I went for the Relia Quest. I don't want to go back there. I have no interest in that Did one. You s- uh, the Gator Bowl, sure. Did you see the matchup in the Citrus Bowl or the Cheez It Bowl? That it's the Cheez It Citrus Iowa. Bowl, correct? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, it's oh my god! I mean, just snooze. That it. would that would be an interesting matchup because Phil Parker in that defense is is solid, but they just I mean, God, they cannot score. No, it'd be boring. I just like going to Orlando, and my kids want to go to Disney World, so that's. Why, hey, oh, yeah, I'll go to the Citrus Bowl on New Year's Day. The best case scenario here, the best case scenario is for Ole Miss to win out, which if that happens, that would just be so incredibly fun. And and I sent this to Bradley Sal in text message form during the uh, open week Saturday, you know, watching games, watching the SEC games. Man, there's not a team left on Ole Miss's schedule, and that includes top-ranked Georgia that I don't think they can't beat. I don't think they're going in like, man, got to play your very best. And I, I think they don't even have to play their very best and they can get that Georgia team. Uh, I think they're better all around than Auburn. Auburn looks bad. They have no quarterback play. There's just there's no dynamicism ben, on did offense you watch that at game? all. Yeah. Did you watch? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, good Lord. Horrible. All, all jokes aside, if Freeze has a quarterback, he's dangerous. But they don't have yeah. a quarterback. I mean, no. it's 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 – Jarquez Hunter, please break a run, please. Like that's all it is. Like yeah. they Ashford can't and throw Peyton it. Peyton Thorne, Thorne can't, can't throw. throw yeah, no. They might. And just you look have at it. the offense. It doesn't look like Freeze's offenses. It just doesn't at all. No. And it, it it reminds me like it was Auburn and Ole Miss and some other schools for Spencer Sanders. And I I would love to know. You'll never find out. You can ask every single party involved. You'll probably never get a, a straight answer. Why Auburn didn't go? you know, to 200K like Ole Miss did to get Spencer Sanders because he's just chilling on the sidelines at Ole Miss. He's a, he's the most expensive break glass in case of emergency player ever, you know. He's mm-hmm. not doing anything to contribute to winning, but he's an insurance policy, and that's fine. That's that. I mean, Ole Miss, if you got the money, use it how you think you need to spend it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but Freeze, yeah. yeah, I mean, imagine that Auburn team with, with Freeze and Spencer Sanders. I mean – Fortunately, Ole Miss, maybe they just wanted to keep him from Auburn and you freeze. If that's the case, good for them. Bully for them because they go into this game heavily favored. Auburn's 3-3, three and 0-3 three, oh and three in the SEC, got whipped by LSU, 48-18. Ole Miss is coming off the bye week. Um, 
the the win over Auburn was tough. I mean, excuse me, Arkansas was tough, but they got it done. That's just a results game. LSU, they played great. Defensively, we weren't very good, but got stops late. And really, that was the outlier game for the defense. The defense has been much improved under Pete Golding. So Ole Miss, I think, yeah. doesn't even have to play its best game, and they'll go win this weekend. Now, history says Ole Miss doesn't beat Auburn at Auburn all that much. I think one time in the last 20 years that they've beaten Auburn at Auburn. But uh, having said that, I think Ole Miss it's plays 90... even remotely. When was it? Uh, so 99, 2003, yeah. and 2015. The only one I always remember is 2003 because I was there. Ben what am I, Manu drop. Yeah. One of my favorite like Ole Miss stories to tell is how I've in person uh, been regaled by the 99 game with Romero Miller and Corey Peterson. But if Ole Miss goes and even plays up to remotely its peak ability this weekend, they're going to beat this Auburn team. And like I said, I look at uh, across the SEC landscape and coming into the season and arguably Ole Miss had – on paper, what seemed to be the toughest schedule in the country. But now looking at what they got left, including road trips to Auburn and at Georgia, uh, still got the Egg Bowl on the docket, Texas A&M, teams that they could lose to too, but... Brock Bowers out at that? So it's setting up the perfect the perfect scenario, the best-case scenario. I was out on the soccer field this weekend again because that's all I do every single weekend. Old Miss dad's coming up asking me, like, all right, what, what do you think needs to happen? What do you think will happen? I said I wasn't going to say it publicly. I told a friend of mine, I said, I would never say this publicly. I'm not even going to say it on the podcast, but I'm going to say it right now on the podcast. I think Ole Miss wins out and Alabama wins out and Alabama loses to Georgia in the SEC championship game and Ole Miss gets into the college football playoff as a four seed. It could as happen. four seed. That resume is strong. One road loss at yeah. Bama, yeah. who's probably top 10 still. Maybe, and then you have a road Alabama's win over. Alabama's making that loss look better, making me look stupider for being uh, upset and credulous after the loss. I still contend Ole Miss had no business losing that to that Alabama team when they did. I, I stand by everything I said afterwards. I'm just mm-hmm. glad to know that like now we can actually look at this Ole Miss team with results like the LSU win, the Arkansas win, and say, you know what? Yeah, they could they could absolutely get George, especially if Brock Bowers is down. I mean, they have they don't have quarterback play that really scares you either. Um, the best quarterback they had left, in my opinion, on their schedule was Jaden Daniels. So in front yeah. of them, State's bad. They're bad. ULM, mm-hmm. they're going to beat ULM. Texas A&M can beat them, but I, Max Johnson doesn't scare you. By the way, did you see ULM's loss over the weekend? No. Just a brutal – had a road dub just in the in the hands. I mean, they were putting it on the bus ready to go back to Monroe, and Texas State stormed back to beat them. It's all uh, – the, That's the, tough. Bringing it full circle here, Ben, because a, a TJ Finley is the quarterback at Texas State. He's tearing it up there too. Yeah, I I was paying attention because I uh, took Texas State minus sixteen. Uh, that was my one loss over the weekend with the uh, Legal Gambling Council. That's part of hit that line. Last two years sucked, and then right now Ben and Nick both had three and zero weeks, and then Austin and I went two and one. If you didn't see me post it on the board, fifty three and thirty one against the spread right now. That's objectively good. The regression monster, I fear, money. is coming at some point. But No, um, you ride it now, though. You don't worry about I that. Mean, we don't worry yeah. about that. Good vibes oh, you never. We, we ride never, the wave while it's here. Yeah, Never worry. Never worry. No. Guillermo Heredia said for the Braves, you know, during the postseason run that won the title, no mm-hmm. no humble, be cocky. No yeah. humble, be cocky. Yeah. yeah. Own that shit. If I would have bet got- $100 – I got your numbers um, here. Just off of y'all's picks, how much money would I have made? A $100 bet would have won me what? I want to say it's close to $1,800, $1,900. Woo! I'm trying to scroll through this group chat we have. It is So we're up 19.8 units right now. So like if you bet $100 on all of our games, it's around $1,890 for wins. 37.4% return on investment is just absolutely insane. So Nick, so Ben's like a huge gambling guy, like knows all the ins and outs. Nick is a big numbers guy. Um, you know, he got a an, an undergraduate degree in finance and then went to law school. He says anything above 15% is decent. And we're at 30, almost oh, 37 shit. and a half. Then you're on a heater. Yeah. yeah. Heater. It's been good. It's been fun. It makes it more fun to talk every week. Like we're we love it anyway. We're gonna talk college football and and pick games against the spread no matter what. But when you're when you're actually winning, like I stayed up, Ben, 
until close to 2 a.m. to watch that San Diego State Hawaii game because I had San Diego yeah, State psychotic. minus five and a half. And man, That's I was psychotic, but also wonderful, it. wonderfully degenerate. <laughs> I love it. Um, 12 locks a week. So, like, you've got plenty to choose from. Like, if you want to do a full yeah, yeah. parlay, have at it. If you want to pick and choose which ones out of the 12 that you like that we do, do a little four teamer. But yeah, week eight's a great slate. We'll we'll record it Wednesday evening, so it'll be out for you on Thursday. Um, Since we're on the promotion train right now, why don't you go ahead and tell them about College Corner? Yeah, the flagship, the Talk of Champions podcast network, brought to you by College Corner. If you haven't been over there yet, I I implore you to listen to hit that line. I also implore you to go check out College Corner. Fantastic stuff. You can get anything from polos to kids' clothes, gifts tailgating supplies, all of that, Ole Miss, everything. Scott and the folks over there do a great job. It's on Sisk Avenue. If you're road revving it this weekend, you're going down to the Plains, swing by, get you a – it's probably going to be a little chilly. Um, yesterday was chilly. Today's pretty cold here. A um, little nip in the air. Fall is here. Go get you a pullover. Go get you a, you know maybe a scarf, maybe some gloves, maybe a little beanie. Um, if you're going down to the plains or, you know, just, just go and get you some more Ole Miss stuff. They've got national championship merch still from the baseball, um, national title, go in there and get you a polo, get you something for that to commemorate. You've got, you know, Christmas coming up. People want some, some Christmas gifts. They want some Ole Miss stuff. Go check them out. College corner on Sisk Avenue in Oxford, Mississippi. I told some friends at the soccer field. They asked me about a promo code for home field apparel and I forgot it. That would be TOC23, homefieldapparel.com. First purchase, 15% off if you use promo code TOC23. Um, they got a hoodie. They got a bomber jacket. Weather's getting cold. Go snag you that hoodie. Get you that quarter zip. That bomber jacket is is killer. Um, it, it, it's it's pretty awesome. You could, you could rock the hoodie under the bomber jacket and look pretty, pretty sharp. They've got some really good T-shirts. I think this basketball team is going to be really good. They might do some basketball merch. They already got the tab pad shirt, which is which is sick. I, I got that and I love it. Get compliments on it when I rock it. People love the uh, the old spaceship T-shirt. But yeah, homefieldapparel.com. Check them out. Just go to the drop down for schools. Go over to the O's. Find Ole Miss. Toc twenty three is the promo code. Fifteen percent off. You will not be disappointed. Looking good. Playing good, podcasting good, whatever. But, man, the, the T-shirts are great. Moody, I know you're listening to this, my friend. TOC23, you son of a gun. Don't say I ever let you down. This is also this podcast brought to you by OMAF, the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation. And uh, football single game tickets are available now. The throwback game and the Tad Pad tickets are still available for that, including VIP packages. You can get your Tad Pad shirt from Home Field Apparel and then go to the throwback game and the Tad Pad. Uh, October 30th is the first exhibition for Ole Miss basketball. And then November 6th, that's when things tip off for Chris Beard and the Chris Beard era for Ole Miss basketball. So an exciting time. So if you want to get hooked up with that, Tad Pad tickets are still available. And then baseball season tickets have now been put on sale since this October. So basketball, baseball, football, it's all there for you, the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation. But I'm telling you, man, it's setting up, or maybe I'm just getting my hopes up, for Ole Miss to sneak into that playoff. But, of course, it starts this week with uh, Auburn and Hugh Freeze. That storyline, in my opinion, the way we started this thing before we got off on millions of different tangents here. I think that storyline's played out. I think it's over now. Uh, we'll never forget it. You know, the ending was so bad, but the highs were high. Uh, the 2014 yeah. went over Alabama, going to the Sugar Bowl for the first time since uh, the 70s in 2016. There were some incredible – I mean, he's one of the most – successful modern-day Ole Miss coaches, inarguably. And uh, there is – he should be recognized for that, and he has been. He came back to Ole Miss, and there were some weird feelings, but honored him and all that kind of stuff. For me, this is a non-story now. We're going to read that stuff. We're going to see it probably on the ESPN broadcast on Saturday. But if you want to just get your freeze fix and get it out of the way, the Ole Miss mm -hmm. Spirit, Ole Miss Spirit.com, and on 3, both Zach and I write for it. I watched his press conference, so you wouldn't have to and uh, transcribe the old Miss stuff. It was pretty, you know, there wasn't yeah. anything. It was a basic press conference. You didn't miss anything. Let's, and maybe that's kind of like perfect, you know, for this week. Cause I, I feel like we've kind of, we've done, we've done the free story. It's over. Yeah. Well, Hey, what, what do you say? We just go ahead and fire it up so people can hear it now and just hear what he had to say about Ole Miss. Oh, fine. We'd like to put Saturday night behind us as fast as possible. It was a, it was really a dominating performance by LSU in all facets. I mean, they, uh, 
they were more physical. They um, played harder, which is embarrassing and hurtful to say. Um, and you know, there's there's one thing for for a team to have more more talent, but um, I didn't think we showed up with the the right energy and drive and competitive spirit, and that that's uh, that lies in my lap, and um, that's disappointing. And so it's, uh, I mean, it was, uh, I could go through all the truths of the game, but it was really a, a dominating performance. I think they're a very good football team. I think they've improved defensively in the last two weeks. Uh, offensively, they're they're one of the better ones that uh, that I've seen and faced. And quarterbacks playing at a extremely high level, so give them a lot of credit. And um, we've got a lot to learn from that game. Certainly no time to... Uh, to hang our heads or, or feel sorry for ourselves because we got uh, um, another team that's very much like them coming in. I think this is the uh, third straight week that we'll be facing the top three offenses in the conference in uh, Georgia, LSU, and Ole Miss. And um, it's, uh, it's going to be a tremendous challenge. I, I'm thankful that we're at home in Jordan-Hare. We need uh, it to be at, a, at, at its all-time best, and I know it will be. And uh, we'll get uh, ex we'll get ready and excited to play in this in this challenge, and but a uh, really good football team coming in. I don't know if it was last year, or year before, but you went to Ole Miss at Liberty. Uh, how much does that help with the emotions going into this game after your time at Ole Miss and already playing them? Yeah, that's that's a great question. I think uh, uh, I think that it actually helps a lot. Jill and I uh, actually talked about that. Um, because, you know, that, that removes the, um, hey, this is your first time, you know, playing Ole Miss, you know, since your departure from there. And um, so I think it's very helpful. Um, that was an emotional day originally, but I was truthfully overwhelmed by, you know, I, I have a lot of friends there and a lot of people that, that I think um, appreciate the good things that we did and certainly um, wish – that some things were different at the ending, just like I do. But um, I think time, I mean, it's, we're, what, seven, eight years now rem removed from, you know, my seasons there. So I think most people have, uh, I don't know, I've got a lot of friends there. and and, and the, But the trip back there absolutely helps um, with, with it now. This is not something that's new. It's going to be frustrating for him, in my opinion, because he talked about the the up tempo offense and how Ole Miss is is similar to LSU, but can go faster. And I think that's you know interesting to think about for this weekend because I I do I do wonder what the game plan looks like on Saturday. I would imagine that if Ole Miss can go fast, they will because I think that's what Kiffin prefers. Um, but as we've seen over the last four years and in his throughout his career as a, as a head coach and an OC, he, he takes what the defense will give him and he will find a matchup and he will poke you in between the eyes until you figure out how to stop it. So is it going to be a fast paced up tempo score from far like the LSU game or will it be like Arkansas where you're taking what they give you on the ground using a combination of Quinshawn Judkins and Ulysses Bentley and then you know, hitting those deep over routes and trying to find Trey Harris and and Caden Priestcorn is expected to play. Um, so what's the uh, what's the offense going to look like is 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 something that I'm I'm keeping a an eye on and thinking about this week um, because that's because I do think Ole Miss uh, ESPN's win probability for this game is close to eighty percent for Ole Miss. Um, which if, if you want to run through the rest of them since you were talking about winning out, Vandy is 95.8, A&M is 63.3, Georgia's 30.8, ULM 98.9, MSU 81.9. So um, it's on the table um, to at least 10 and 2. Uh, I would venture to guess that once it gets closer to that November 11th date in Athens. If Brock Bowers is not playing, that number could go up slightly. But yeah, this week for me, it's defense is, is got a defense and run game. That's the, the thing that people always says travels. 
And I think Ole Miss has both of both of those to where they can handle this game and win a tough road SEC game. Because looking at the defensive scoring efficiency rankings right now in the SEC, Ole Miss is top five. They're number four. So the bend and don't break has worked out. They've been efficient. Third down conversion rate is bad. If there's something you got to point out, Pete Golding knows it. He would admit it. Pretty much probably everybody on the defense would admit it that they got to get better at stopping people on third down. But right now, Offensive scoring efficiency, Ben, number two in the conference. Defense, number four. If it's somebody told you in week eight that's what you got, you'd take it. That's like Free said, a complete team. Um, a team that, if you look at the schedule and look at what we've seen so far in the SEC, they have a chance in every single game they have left, including Georgia, which coming into the year, I don't think anyone would have ventured. To, I think they, they would have just accepted splitting yeah. Alabama and Georgia as best-case scenario, and then – beating everyone, maybe losing to one of LSU, Texas A&M, Auburn, um, Arkansas, that second tier of teams. And yet Ole Miss is here and positioned to potentially win them all. I don't think they will. Uh, I just – I have my doubts on that, but I think mm-hmm. they can. Um, I think it's unfortunate that they haven't had their full projected offensive lineup as Ole Miss on the field together once this season, not once. And that's a bummer. And it's it's not like injuries are unique to Ole Miss, but – um, it's unfortunate because Zachary Franklin hasn't been healthy yet, even though he's come back from the knee scope and has played a little bit. He hasn't made an impact yet. Caden Priestcorn, um, he had the knee injury and also he missed last week a lot of the bye week because his father passed away tragically, which um, we're started for that and just it sucks for him. But um, free, I mean, freeze, geez. Kiffin said today that Priestcorn should play Saturday. Um, mm-hmm. Jordan Watkins, he claims that he's going to play Saturday. He anticipates him playing Saturday. Yeah. But he also told Chris Lowe, did Lane Kiffin, that Trey Harris was doubtful for Alabama, and so was Caden Priestcorn, and so yeah. was, I think, Quinshawn. They, and they all played. So you can never take his public comments on injuries uh, with anything at face value. I mean, they're complete, yeah. you know, grain of salt stuff. I think the, He's just, I think the never quote, gives away I think injuries. The quote was, he expects him to play. All right, good to get uh, back out on the field today. Um, guys had a lot of energy, and I think they're really excited for this uh, matchup. Very challenging place to go play and team to play um, that we we struggled with early here and um, had a chance to win or ended up winning last year. So um, new challenge to go try to win on the road there. Um, I think we've as a program won once there in 20 years. So um, be exciting to have this opportunity and go in there and play a complete game, uh, which we'll need to win. This guy's got good players, really good coaching. And um, this year, like a lot of years, they're, you know, a very different team at home. So don't start taking into account last week and um, how that score was and what that means for this week. I don't want mean anything. I'll be the one to ask any uh, status on Jordan uh, and his progress or status moving forward. Yeah, um, we anticipate him playing. And um, so that's all I got for you. We do anticipate him playing. Coach, what's kind of your relationship uh, with Hugh Freeze like? Um, I mean, I haven't been around him that that much. Um, few times over the years my brother when he coached here and um, you know really appreciate how he treated my brother and um, you know had nothing but good interactions a few times with him and SEC media days and so um, and obviously we played him uh, at Liberty when they played here so that's about it. What were the the points of emphasis over the bye week for you guys? Um, tackle better on defense, um, working on pass defense in the back end and keeping the ball in front of us, limit explosive plays on offense, um, the run game and being consistent with that and third downs. Did it help seeing what, um, LSU did to Auburn this weekend kind of help see what you can do with that defense at Auburn? <clears throat> I don't look at the way LSU does that to everybody. So, um. Like I said, after we played them, um, that's got to be, I think I said at the time, maybe them and Washington. 
um, the best offensive personnel in the country and hardest to defend. So um, they pretty much score and move the ball on everybody. So <clears throat> I think Auburn plays really good on defense. Um, they're really well um, coached and play really hard. And, and a lot of people have struggled to move the ball against them. What kind of profile did you see in Dejan Anthony um, in the portal this offseason that led, led you to think he could help you? And how has he kind of compared to that, what you've seen so far this season? Yeah, he has really um, good size, speed, ratio, and movement skills of you know what top players have. Um, so sometimes some of these guys, we just try to fit in, and maybe they're really good players, but they don't really um, size, speed, ratio maybe. Um, look like NFL guys, uh, he does so. And I think he's got good leadership skills and it's made some good plays for us. Obviously you and Hugh Freeze entering the SEC within a couple of years of each other, kind of at the end of the 2000s, beginning of the 2010s, and then going back to the SEC for a second stint within a couple of years, within a couple of years of each other as well, I guess kind of I know you can't speak directly for Hugh Freeze, but how much tougher is it to come back to the SEC kind of in just this era of college football? Uh, I don't know that it's tougher. Um, I think the SEC has been tough for a while. I think actually, I can't speak for him, but when I came in, um, I mean, it was it was really tough. I mean, you had, I mean, that year you're playing Urban Meyer, Nick Saban, Steve Spurrier, um, you know, so. I think for me at least, both times has been really tough and really great players and, and coaches that you play against. How are you viewing the SEC right now? If you look at the landscape, seems like to me there's some parity there, but um, what do, you, what, how, do you agree with that statement? I do. Um, I don't have the exact answers to why. I think that, and I don't watch all the games. and. Um, <clears throat> But the scores um, seem like that, that there's a lot of parity and, and upsets and, um, you know, so or even the marquee teams, you know, seem to some teams that you wouldn't think at least hang around with them longer than they used to. So I'm not really sure why that is. People will say it's portal and, you know, <clears throat> I'm sure if you ask them, Alabama, Georgia, you know, they'd say, well, it's because they lose, you know, players in the portal, especially some second team guys in depth. But. I don't know that you can make that argument because they also go add great players too uh, when spots that they need help at. So I'm not really sure why that is. My guess would be um, that's not coaching. It's not just, you know, for the portal. Um, I would think a lot of times that's you need to look at quarterbacks and quarterback play. And um, I think being able to watch some games and, and like see the Pac-12 this weekend um, you know, when people say about the Pac-12 being the best conference, um, you know, and how does that happen when it's kind of been down for a while? Well, look at quarterbacks, look at quarterback play. Um, that's why that argument to me comes up. Lane, you mentioned Auburn being a, a different team at home. What what makes that the case in your mind? I, I don't know that answer. I mean, the analytics support it, certainly. Um, you can see our record there. Um, you know, we, we like breaking records and doing things. So someone said, if we win this game, it's the first back-to-back -back wins against Auburn in 71 years. So that's a pretty exciting thing to be able to do. I just think that place, um, having played it here, having played it at Alabama, um, just sometimes has kind of some magical things happen in it. That uh, They're always sold out. Fans seem to be in it all the game from, you know, from the beginning on. And seem to play better there, especially at night, if you look at the stats over the years. Coach, looking at their defense, they seem to be doing very well against the run. Turnover margin for them because of their defense has been in their favor. What do you see in their scheme, and or is it just good players? No, I think that they coach really well. They don't do a ton of things. Um, they do them really well. Uh, their defensive coordinator was at Baylor when we played them and did a great job against us then. Um, so. I think that it's kind of more of the simple, effective schemes, meaning not do as much, but do it really well and coach it really hard and, and play physical and tackle well.
and they have really good players too that you know were left there. Auburn seems to play both Ashford and Thorne at quarterback pretty often. Is it more difficult to prepare for two quarterbacks? It is what it is. Um, quarterbacks um, are a little bit different, but um, Thorne moves around a lot better than I think people initially probably thought in this. You know, the one was the passer, one was the runner. So um, I think that he's thrown the ball really well this year and done some really good things. And they've just missed some things, whether guys weren't making the plays or not on some deeper balls. Um, you know, just haven't hit those plays, but I think Thorne's done a great job. Obviously, Prescorn's dealing with some pretty big things back home. I'm just curious, is he back here at the facility, and do you anticipate him playing on Saturday? Yeah, he's here. He'll play. Um, you know, like I said before, that's a very tough situation for anybody um, to go through, let alone in the season, and um, he has some other personal things going on too. So I just really commend him for uh, really what a man he is and how he's handled all of it and um, fought through it. And this was not new information. He's known this for a while, which obviously makes it even more difficult to deal with um, with his father's condition. So um, he's really a stud. I'm on the same vein with Jordan Watkins, but just going into the back half of the season, is there one particular receiver who maybe hasn't played as big of a role in the first six games really kind of, you know, you anticipate really kind of breaking out just in the latter half of the season? Uh, I don't – I can't predict that. Um, you know, um, I would certainly like to see that happen. Um, now they haven't gotten a lot of chances, but, you know, Sakari Franklin and and Braylon Brown and Aiden Williams, um, you know, all had good bye weeks, and you know, really like to see see us give them more opportunities, and they they see those seize those opportunities when they happen. It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivy bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The sun's a shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an Ole Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver, so ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your Ole Miss fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The car buying process can be a lot. I know, I've been there. You just want to get in and out with a new car and the best deal. Simple. 
Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford keeps it simple. They're going to take care of you, get you in and out with your new vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory right now is priced to sell, and what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from any and all competitors is they aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels. Let's be friends. Introducing the new and improved BNA Bank mobile app. From setting transaction alerts and tracking your spending habits to managing travel plans and turning off a lost or stolen debit card, you can take care of all of it in the new BNA mobile app. At BNA Bank, we know that life moves pretty fast, and we have the mobile technology to keep up with your life on the go. BNA Bank, local, invested, modern banking. Are you looking at cutting your health insurance premiums by as much as 20 to 30%? Are you aging into Medicare and need help finding a Medicare supplement plan? Call Drew Moak of USA Benefits Group at 601-953-8449. Drew is an Ole Miss grad located in Mississippi and licensed in seven states. He works with the nation's second largest health insurance brokerage with access to 35 different carriers, and he can help you with any of your health insurance needs. From regular health plans to life insurance to dental and vision and even Medicare, he has it all covered. Now more than ever, it is critical to have a health insurance agent who is local and accessible. So call Drew Moak at 601 901- 953-8449 and get your free quote today. At this I think it's a it's going to be a pain tolerance thing for Jordan Watkins. And I'm not doubting that dude's toughness. Oh, that's absolutely right. He's been tremendous in Well, the- he broke his hand in practice last week, last Tuesday. We reported on the Ole Miss Spirit. Got calls about it. I was like, "Well, well, hold on. He broke his hand on Tuesday. He had surgery on either Wednesday or Thursday." And whether he can play with the with a surgically repaired hand wrapped up or as a receiver, or I don't know. Maybe he can. It's a pain tolerance thing, like you said. And maybe that leads Lane Kiffin to say he anticipates Jordan playing this weekend because he is a tough kid. He wants to be out there. He's Ole Miss's, Ole Miss's leading receiver, both in receiving yards and catches, yeah. not in touchdowns. That's Trey Harris. But he's been he's on, instrumental. on pace for 1K. And, yeah, 1K. Also, almost his primary punt returner, and just been a really consistent, solid veteran presence, both in terms of productivity and locker room. He's just been there. He's been so consistent and been a tremendous addition uh, through the transfer portal. But I mean, he's not Hercules. You know what I mean? Like he broke mm-hmm. his hand in practice as a wide receiver. So uh, if he plays this weekend, it'll probably be more in a limited role. I think it would have to be. Uh, as far as you know, what he's actually the routes he's actually running, maybe as a blocker, I don't know. I don't know how you limit a wide receiver who's one-handed, right? Uh, or how you play a receiver that's one-handed and use him effectively. But maybe that's what Lane will try to do with them. Because you're right. I mean, it's a pain tolerance. Um, what can you do with it? Because it's not going to fully heal till the all season. So it, you just look at this team, and that's that's the one thing that gives me the most pause about saying, "Well, yeah, this Ole Miss team." When you look at the SEC run the table and get in as a four because Alabama goes to the championship game and loses to Georgia. And then, and of course, that that would require, like you said, getting some help, including Georgia being Alabama. But still, you can project all these things easier when Ole Miss has its full arsenal as, at its disposal and it just hasn't had that all year. We've always been talking about what it doesn't have. You know what I mean? Like, uh, well, for a while there, it was no Caden Priest, Corn, or Zachary Franklin. Trey Harris gets banged up, who was leading them, who was having a, uh, an unbelievable all-time – record-breaking year and still could but missed games because he got hurt and uh michael trigg's not on this team anymore right i mean like they've been kind of putting piecemealing it together with talent but they haven't yeah. had their full complement and that sucks because i think like if they did i don't think there's any doubt old misses that is first or second as far as <clears throat> overall complete roster and talent and uh, ability uh, you know yeah it may be not depth of well, roster but certainly top end talent of anybody in the sec west because no one else looks impressive at all. I mean, Auburn isn't impressive. When you watch Auburn play, you see the old, you know, the old uh, mirror kind of glimpses of what Hugh Freeze's dynamic Ole Miss offenses look like. You see it, but you can tell it's not close to there yet. You know what they need. They need a Boaz. Peyton Thorne is not there. They need to get a trigger man to get in there, and it'll start moving. But, like, they're not there yet. 
So this Ole Miss team should go in there, even though it's at Auburn, and win going away, quite frankly, if they're playing up to their peak potential. But you still have some reservation about it because they don't have the full complement. You know, I, that's a very wordy way of saying, Good. man, I wish they'd had their whole roster like just healthy at one point for one game, just one week, you know? Yeah. Well, it could be this weekend because maybe you said Kiffin expects Priestcorn to play. I mean, he's he's back. He's in the facility. He's working out with the team. They're practicing. And then he also said Zakari Franklin had a good week of, uh, you know, goodbye week. They expect him. I, I, he didn't say how healthy. He didn't give a percentage or anything. But you have to think won't. at this point, week eight, like it's it, he's been out there. I know he tried to give it a go against Arkansas. Couldn't do it. He was out there against LSU. Maybe this is the week where he looks a little bit like his old self. Um, you know, that slant monster mentality that that he was at UTSA. But um, I, I think this is, you know, kind of the, the first time all year that all three of the, you know, the big three from the portal on offense will be out there at the same time. Um, yeah, but it's still not the full compliment, you know, because Jordan's not, not going to be out there. Yeah, they're Michael not, and, Trigg's not on the team anymore. And apparently, and freshman the, wide receivers, no matter how highly ranked, don't play. <laughs> and we don't know how healthy Franklin is. So it's not like they're all three on the field and no. all 100%. Ole Miss wins in a walk. I don't care about Ooh. the free stuff anymore. I'm done with okay. it. If they play up to their peak potential, maybe they go in there and some screwy happens. It's, it's almost Halloween anyway, but I, I don't think so. <laughs> and I, I'm glad that the Liberty – like, I'm glad that Freeze came to Ole Miss with Liberty this story can just be gone. It, it's just, you know, a footnote and no longer like the prevailing dominant headline here. And that's good because this Ole Miss football team has moved on from that, from all that stuff. And, and he, like, Freeze deserves a lot of credit for making Ole Miss believe it can be more than what it was. You know what I mean? Like, he recruited yeah, sure. a different level. He, he wanted a different level. And... Quite frankly, you take away his two Alabama wins at Ole Miss, what has he really done? But that's neither here nor there. Ole Miss has reached that place where we can reasonably expect for it to be competitive in every single game it plays, especially when you look at the commitment that's been made. Like We talk all the time about the NIL dollars and the salary for Kiffin, and we point to all these different things as far as how Ole Miss has grown exponentially as a football program. And what we aren't talking enough about right now is how the game day atmosphere is completely – I mean, Ole Miss has changed. I never thought I'd really see the day. And there's still some fans in there that are telling – you know, some older fans that are telling some younger fans to sit down. They've created an atmosphere at Vaught-Hemingway like they've never had before. It's like the, – the one thing – like one of the reasons why I remember 2014 like we do is because of the atmosphere – and how packed it was. It felt like big college football being played on a Saturday. You know, what we were only as Ole Miss fans used to tuning into, we weren't used to being that game. And now Ole Miss is creating an environment where they're recreating it essentially every Saturday. And they deserve, mm -hmm. like Ole Miss, that, that whole department, the marketing department, uh, OMAF, like everybody's operating right now better than they have, in my opinion, probably collectively ever, you know. And Oh, yeah, that's for why sure. All these little, all this stuff like, oh, well, you're playing freeze guy. Screw it. No, this Ole Miss team in 2023 is first or second in the West. And yeah, were, maybe we all, including myself, who uh, wrote, you know, after the Alabama loss, just the we are Ole Miss shit again. Screw all that, man. Like, all of us has got to start operating. Like, let's look at it objectively. If – this Ole Miss team was wearing Alabama colors or Georgia colors. Oh, we would be terrified to go play that Ole Miss team. Right. You know, like mm -hmm. this, this Ole Miss team can beat anybody less than their schedule. So sure. Why not? I mean, it's October now. November's around the corner, man. Like there's mm -hmm. not too much time left. We're at the halfway park, um, the halfway point mark. I said, kind of combine them in the park and Ole Miss is five and one and two and one in the SEC. Yeah. And who do you think they're losing to? Are they losing to Texas A&M? No. Man, they, home. God, they no. – talk about bad offense. I mean, they looked horrendous Horrible. against Tennessee on the road. And I kind of feel vindicated because, to be honest, I was worried that the Bobby Petrino OC hire was going to be good and it looked like it was going to be good. But then they were back to being Texas A&M Texas A &M under Jimbo on Saturday. So, I'm not – 
Like and Ole Max, Miss, if it plays to its peak ability, only Ole Miss can lose these games outside of Georgia. <laughs> Georgia can just out talent them, but with but without Brock Bowers, well, it's much more even, isn't it? They're, you know, yeah. And A and M is extremely limited with what they can do with Max Johnson. Connor Wegman was a dude, yeah, and they were rolling with him. Yeah. yeah. Do you know when Jimbo Fisher's last true road win was at A and M? No. No. It was October sixteenth. So two two years ago today, at Missouri, they won thirty five fourteen. He has not won a true road game since. And, and and Ole Miss has been great at home under Lane Kiffin. They're over. I think they're what twenty and five, twenty one and five right now. I can't remember the stat. I said it on the show a couple of weeks ago. Um, they've been great at home under Kiffin. This, I mean, you talk about the atmosphere. When I was on the sideline in the fourth quarter against Arkansas, they were former players standing around. They were all talking about how the crowd was amazing. The drone show was cool. Um, I mean, they were buzzing about the atmosphere. And I, I think I saw like some LSU blogs talking about it, saying it was it was impressive. There were like Arkansas, Mississippi State blogs saying the same thing on on Twitter or whatever that, you know, Ole Miss has really stepped up their game. And look, Kiffin said as much. Uh, the student section's been great. The fans have been great. I mean, it's been it's been a packed house. Like, I, luckily, I I didn't have to drive. I, I didn't park. I just walked um, to my car that was over by the the basketball facility. But I mean, people are talking about how like it's a great problem to have getting out of Fort Hemingway and getting out of you know campus when it's a full stadium because it's you know what sixty five thousand people all leaving at the same time. Um, you know that, that hasn't been an issue for Ole Miss fans for a long time because people have been leaving the games earlier. The the stadium hasn't been full. I mean, it's been. It's been awesome. So you get Vandy at home. It's a night game. I know it's Vandy, but still a night game. Weather will be nice. I expect another big crowd. I know it it may not be completely sold out to the brim. The fans have responded. And it's not just because Kiffin's asking them. It's because Ole Miss is winning. People will come see a team win. And, yeah, all credit to to the fan base. And Yeah. Yeah, Freeze proved it, and now Kiffin's actually like, cemented it it's the first time since 2015 there's been a true home field advantage oh yeah it, I would agree. bits bits and pieces in 21 they've killed it i said before the year nine and three i'm saying right now see i think they're going 10 and two i think they're going to lose to georgia only because that's really tough i, I, I want to talk myself into it you got to give me a cut i will only give almost a shot if brock bowers doesn't play that's how good brock bowers is if he's not playing, it's, it's just a real more shot. of a traditional game. It'll play out a lot like the Alabama game, I think. Yeah, because if Brock that's Bowers, that's the way it feels. Is, I mean, he's ninety-nine overall cheat code. When have we talked about recruiting? When's the last time we talked about recruiting? Give me like a quick hitter. What thing? What's happening right now? Are you Ben? Are you asking for a, a Zach's recruiting attack right now? Hell yes. We're friends first, and nothing can ever come between us. Let's get into it. Uh, yeah, it's been uh, quiet on the quote trail. Not a ton of commitments happening, but uh, things are moving behind the scenes. Um, I still expect Ole Miss to uh, be in a really good spot with King Joseph Edwards, the 24 edge prospect out of Mill Creek. They had a huge win on Friday night, beat nationally ranked Buford in the rain. It was on uh, ESPN2. It was a great game. Um, and then on uh, Sunday, P.J. Woodland, the uh, three-star athlete out of Oak Grove and down in Hattiesburg, decommitted from Mississippi State. Um, that one, I, I don't know how quickly, but things are moving quickly. Uh, I went ahead and put a an RPM pick in for him to land at Ole Miss eventually. Uh, sources are saying it's probably somewhere between the next couple weeks that he could come to a decision. Auburn and LSU have joined Ole Miss in the race there. Um I think Mississippi State will linger. I don't know if he'll go back to Mississippi State, but they'll be in the mix. But, yeah, I think it's probably Ole Miss or LSU, and I think Ole Miss is is going to get it done. I think they land him eventually. Um, really dynamic playmaker. I saw him at um, the OT7 in, in Austin earlier this year. Um, 
plays both ways at Oak Grove, being recruited as a defensive back. Uh, he reminds me a lot of DeAndre Prince. Um, just a guy that just makes plays. He's not going to wow you with the height and weight, you know, in the, uh, in the media guy, but just a guy that just finds a way to make plays. He's really shifty uh, on offense. So he's got a ton of explosiveness. Ball skills are great. So that's going to help in coverage. And to me, just, he's just a playmaker. Um, Pete Golding is going to go see him this week at some point. And, um, Kenoto Hudson, Kelvin Bolden, and the rest of that recruiting staff have done a nice job staying with him. Recruit, uh, he committed to Mississippi State back in June, uh, opened things up on Sunday. Um, and then uh, I did have a chance to speak with Aiden Bryant on Saturday. Uh, he was kind enough to give me some time. We talked about uh, his opportunity. Um, Wait, who's that? Uh, so this is a offensive tackle from Greenville Christian School down uh, in Mississippi and South Mississippi. He's originally from Indiana, transferred over to Greenville Christian School this year to finish his high school career. Um, he has now been offered by Ohio State and uh, Alabama, Georgia, Georgia Tech, LSU, Miami are uh, in contact with him. He is a 2024 prospect. Um, okay. Big kid, 6'6", 305. He went to Alabama last weekend. So uh, the Tide are talking to him a little bit, but um, yeah, great interview with him. You can go check that out at omspirit.com. A lot of good quotes. He also spoke with uh, with KSR, the Kentucky on three site, about why he moved to the South and, and how it's been. But um, yeah, Ole Miss is definitely in the mix there. They're trying to get him in to, uh, to town for a visit. He was in town for Juice Fest. Um, I remember him from Juice Fest, but he was uh, – quickly ushered into the building. I didn't get a chance to catch up with him, but, um, but yeah, playing for Greenville Christian school now. And uh, he says he's got a great relationship with John Garrison. So I imagine either Vandy or A&M he'll be back for a game. And uh, yeah, if Ole Miss uh, pulls the trigger and extends an offer, um, something to keep an eye on for sure. But, um, but yeah, he, uh, Alex Falk is another recruiting staffer that's working him. He's got a good relationship with uh with Ole Miss and um just a mammoth of a young man, 6'6", 305. So um yeah, if Ohio State's extending an offer, uh, then that certainly means he can play some football. But um outside of that, it's been relatively quiet. I I think um I went and watched him on Friday and I uh wrote about him and and put out my, my conversation with him. You can also see that at homespirit.com. Dwayne Morris, a 25 athlete from Oakland high school up in Murfreesboro. He literally been while I was there watching him. It just, just looks like a Ulysses Bentley, just explosive, versatile. They moved him all over the place. He played some wildcat quarterback, played some running back was in the slot. Very impressive guy. Um, he is a name to know. Kevin Smith loves his game. He is certainly interested in Ole Miss. He says he wants to get back to a game um, this year. So, again, Vandy, A&M, one of those. But uh, Kentucky, Tennessee are on him as well. Um, Murfreesboro is not that far from Ole Miss, but, you know, you tend to think, oh, well, like the Vols will probably have an edge. He said distance. He doesn't care. He's looking to whoever the relationship is best with, he'll go wherever he wants to go. So, um he was rocking the Ole Miss gloves on Friday. Um, he was excited to talk about Ole Miss when I when I had a chance to catch up with him after the game. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's a, he's a special talent. He's already close to. Uh, he's got 19 total touchdowns on the year. Um, he's a big time weapon for uh, for Oakland High School. Um, oh, I guess Thursday, Friday. I can't remember that. Might have been Friday. Uh, John David Baker went out to Arizona, went to check in on Dylan Hip, the tight end commit. Uh, and then he also checked in with 2025 four-star wideout Cooper Perry, who uh, seems to be kind of a three-team race right now for him. He's got a, you know another year to make a decision, but it seems like it's Ole Miss, Oregon, and Notre Dame. Um, he's one to watch as well because uh, he's really close with Dylan Hip. Obviously, Dylan Hip's recruiting him to try to get him to uh, – to come to Ole Miss to play with him. But, um, but yeah, then finally, not 100%, 
not saying it's a guarantee, but keep keep a keep a tab open on the computer on your phone. Lancaster High School in Texas, Keewen Lacey, the uh, running back committed to Nebraska, but Ole Miss is recruiting him extremely hard. Enrique Davis, Kevin Smith, Lane Kiffin, he went to see him. You mispronounced his name, as Houston Nutt would say, Enrique. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you meant Keewen. Enrique. Uh, yeah, Enrique. No, no, um, no. You got that right. Enrique. <laughs> yeah. Which Enrique, by the way, saw him at Juice Fest. He could probably still suit up. Um, he's, uh, you know, just another example of we're not all built the same, Ben. Um, but, yeah, they they love him. He's probably top five target remaining on the board next to the likes of Braylon Burnside, Caleb Odom. And, uh, yeah, I that's probably one that you probably won't see anything happen until gets closer to early signing day. Those dudes are, you know, in the middle of a – you know, a run to get to the playoffs, get to a state championship. And uh, if they're already committed somewhere, <clears throat> barring like a coach being fired or something, they're going to, you know, keep it to themselves until it gets close to signing. Hey, Give man. me a percentage chance that Ole Miss flips Caleb Odom from Alabama. Oh, man. Um, I'd probably put it at like 60%, 55. Oh, that's all right. I there. thought it'd be okay. Percentage chance that Ole Miss flips Braylon Burnside from Mississippi State. Put it at about 65. You're high on both of them. So you think I, right yeah, now, I just, if you had to make your bet, Mr. I've gotten every bet right lately, if you had to make your bet and you're putting your <laughs> money down, you think Ole Miss lands both Caleb Odom and Braylon Burnside. That's what you're saying. I wouldn't say both, but <laughs> they have a really Does good Ole Miss shot at Ole Miss at least split that? I think they, I think they, they could. Split? I think they could definitely split. Now, it's it's Well, they could. Very, I'm asking you. Two very different flips here because I think traditional recruiting with Odom, the relationship's been built for a long time. I mean, Ole Miss was in the lead. Ole Miss had him, and then Bama offers, and that's that's just how it goes. Um, I think the relationship with Dane Stevens, John David Baker, Lane Kiffin is personally recruiting him as well, and just the pull to the offense, and they, they want him as a big wide out. They were the first school to – to recruit him as that, that hybrid, you know, basically an NFL tight end that where they're just basically big wide receivers now. Um, and then Burnside, I think, man, I think to a certain point, he's just not going to be able to, to go through with it. Uh, offensively, they're bad. The quarterback room is bad. Uh, what's Zach Arnett going to do next year? Is he going to be the head coach? Is he going to be around there? Is, is Chad Bumpus going to be on staff? You want to hear my hot take on what's uh, going to happen at state eventually? Yes, please. Dan Mullins coming home. <laughs> uh, Mark it Dan, down. Dan, I'm, Dan telling, I'm, dropped, I'm not just pulling that out of my ass. <laughs> Dan Mullins dropped the ball on a four-star guy from Starkville back in the day. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I've i talked to Braylon several times. Let that be his legacy he, again. <laughs> he strikes me as a young man that's pretty smart. Um, it, it doesn't take a genius to figure out which situation would be better offensively when comparing the two Mississippi schools. Um, and again, I, I sure it, it was a really bold move for Zach Arnett to just scrap what was the entire identity of Like not just offensively, but for the team for state in general. I mean, it was all about the pirate. It was Mike Leach. It was the air raid and to scrap that. And in one go with a, a Vanderbilt cast off and Mike Wright over. Uh, it's just bizarre. It's like, he's intentionally sabotaging himself. <laughs> What yeah, are you doing? And, like the reason why they hired you is because you're Mike Leach's, you know, choice. You were you were his successor, yeah. handpicked, and then you um, scrapped his offense. That's what he was known for. He's, he was quite literally was Mike Leach, one of the most influential coaches in college football history, and you scrapped the thing that he was known for. Why? I figured they would have at least piecemealed it together for. Will Rogers last year and just let him keep doing that offense. Uh, Cause I, I guarantee you he yeah. could probably just call the plays on his own. Cause he's, he knows it. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's some traditional recruiting. In they should have just hired Phil Longo. You think I'm sounding, <laughs> this is going to sound like Ben's being a smart ass. They, they could have hired Phil Longo and it had been better on paper, made more sense on paper. Uh, it's just been a bad fit. So I, yeah. I think 
I think there's still a long way to go. Let's just put it that way. A long way to go as far as any in-state prospect that Ole Miss wants that they haven't committed yet. Because they've committed sure. Cam Beavers and Jeffrey Rush and the number one player in the state in Cam Franklin. They've done well in state. I do not think it's over. San Francisco, McGee, we could keep going on and on. I am concerned, however, not concerned, but I'm keeping an eye. I'm watching William Eccles because he is now blowing up as we predicted and as Ole Miss sources predicted he would that um, he's no longer going to be a three-star before this is all said and done. He'll be a four-star, at least on all services. I think he's already a four-star on either 247 or Rivals. And rumor mill stuff, rumblings out there that Alabama has offered. Uh, Freddie Roche, former friend of the program, former Ole Miss offensive or defensive line coach, excuse me, has now offered him. And if that is true, we're trying to verify it, that would be a significant development. That'll be hard, you know, to turn down. So, there's going to be more drama as we lead into this, and the first of two signing periods starts in December. But I feel like Ole Miss is in a good place. So is basketball. And for the next podcast that we do together, to ensure that we lock in another podcast podcast together, both you and I have been out to basketball completely independent of each other. If he doesn't, who can? If he can't win, Ole Miss basketball just cannot win. Do we know what happened with the visitor from West Virginia over the weekend? Have we heard anything? He committed to Arizona State on Sunday. Well, there you go. Yeah, he was supposed to be in town today. Uh, I imagine That's he is right. not in town. Um, he was supposed but, to come in originally on Friday, and then he got pushed to Monday. Maybe that should have been the first red flag then. It was always going to be Arizona State or Ole Miss. Um, so Bobby Hurley and them, you know, props to them for getting him in first, getting it done. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see, uh, you know, the NCAA – declared Tez Walker eligible, which, my God. They're just a toothless organization that is purely operating these days on spite and pettiness, and they want to try to exert their power where they can, which is very, in very few cases, unfortunately, that comes at the expense of players. If Brandon Murray and Musa Cisse get to play. If they're both eligible, oh, absolutely going over. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, and then just to circle back to final thought on the on Braylon Burnside, Derek Nix has been recruiting him for years. Kelvin Bolden has done a tremendous job with everybody in state. He's working him too. And Lane Kiffin personally recruiting him. I, you know, I, I, I've always said it. You've said it. It's been silly, this narrative that Lane Kiffin doesn't recruit. And I mean, the last two years, he's been an integral part of who they go after, especially the big names. He, he's been very active. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I just got a strange feeling that I think Burnside is is going to open things up, and I think Ole Miss would be where he would land. Um, so, Well, he, I no longer have a strange feeling about whether or not Auburn is going to upset Ole Miss. I'm done with the Hugh Freeze yeah. feelings. Let's see the force for the trees, you know? Like, <laughs> it yeah. went out and then let Alabama win out just to beat uh, lose to Georgia in the championship game, the SC championship game, and Ole Miss slips in as the four. That'd be – that's the path. I mean, that's literally Dream with me today on this October you, 16th to my, my grandmother's birthday. Happy birthday to my big mamaw. She's 91 years young today. On this day of my woo. grandmother's birth, let it be known. Ole Miss is getting in as the four seed in the I'm college just, football playoff. Come from the same guy who thought it was all over. We're just back to the same old, same old after Alabama. Uh, the line, Ben, has moved for Auburn uh, to six and a half in most books. It's at seven in one so some line right. movement already um i don't want to be charlie coldwater final here, school but... will be a lot like the arkansas game i think yeah i was gonna say i, I 27 20 it's it's a tough place to play jordan hair gets loud and it doesn't really matter how bad they are how good they are the fans typically show up and that place does get rowdy at night um for Ole Miss, you just got to get out to a fast start and get those people up out of their seats and head into the exits. Um, and I do, you know, kind of question the toughness and the buy-in at this point for Auburn. Um, I do not question whether or not Freeze will be searching his name this week on Twitter, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have no doubt. The bye week came at the the perfect time. So, we'll get – It did uh, until Jordan Watkins broke his hand in practice. <laughs> Hey, if anybody can, if anybody can, can, can really tough it out, I, I have no doubt that, that Jordan Watkins can do it. Um, so with that, 
appreciate y'all tuning in. Um, next time we'll, we'll, we'll have a video component for you on the, uh, on the YouTube channel, but subscribe to the YouTube channel. OM spirit, stay locked in at omspirit.com. Subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get your podcast, talk of champions podcast network. We will have more coverage leading up to this weekend's week eight matchup against the Auburn Tigers, 6 PM ESPN be on the, uh, on the big one, uh, this weekend. So for Ben over there, I'm Zach. This has been the flagship until next time we out. Save big on your Memorial day barbecue all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.